All right. What are you guys drinking, by the way? LaCroix. Nice. Just pure? <laughs> yeah. Just pure? Nice. Coffee Imperial Stout. Ooh, I thought you were going to be pulling to me here with a little coffee and gin, which is what I got going. Nice. But I was feeling like super tired before we hopped on. <laughs> and uh, I did. Mikey texted me back. No. Yeah. No issues with the receiver. Yeah. I was telling uh, John last time that we recorded, and then we'll roll into this, sorry. Um, I lent Mikey, our buddy, our drummer, the drummer of our band, my like uh, receiver, like stereo receiver that oh, I geez. had a long time ago. Yeah. like Probably like, I don't know, like almost 10 years ago at yeah. this point, because I lent it to him when I was either living with Katie or when I was living with Steve and DJ. And uh, I had like that extra receiver. It was in like a closet. Mikey got a new... Uh, record player nice. and it didn't he didn't have like a phono preamp on his receiver right. so i was like oh if you want to use this for the time being i don't know how the conversation exactly went but i was under the impression like hey you can use this until you pick out what you want to get and then i'll get it back <laughs> and then like <laughs> it's been this long and i've had a setup so it's been like okay i haven't really needed it but i told them i was like Hey, I was like, now that I'm like getting ready to move back home, I was like, I, I was like, I really <laughs> would like to get that back. I was like, it's no big deal. But I was like, I've been dreading this moment, asking for this back for <laughs> literally for years and putting it off. And he was like, oh, no sweat. <laughs> He's like, I got a backup one because I was like, I'm probably going to get rid of the one that I have currently because it's like a cheapo, mm-hmm. not the best. It was like the one that Steve and I bought is like a like a surround sound thing when we were living at that apartment and I was, yeah, it was just what oh, I had yeah. hooked up at the time. But I was like, yeah, I'd like to, that thing was kind of expensive. Yeah, so audio equipment. <laughs> I would don't like come to cheap. get that back. That don't yeah. come cheap. Welcome to Pursuing Pixels. My name is Kevin Portelli, and I'm here tonight with John Hines. Hey there. And Randall Nolery. Hey, folks. And we are back together with the uh, full crew for the first time in a while, yeah. I feel. Um, but yeah, it feels good to uh, be back. Yeah, we did a duo episode with Randall and I, and then a duo episode with John and I. And uh, yeah, now we got the uh, trio back together, and we're back to talk some games as always. And uh, yeah, I guess I'll kick things off with the newest thing that I've been playing. It's the newest game at the time of recording this. Uh, by the time this episode comes out, it might be uh, you know a month or so old or whatever. But I've been playing a bunch of uh, Frog Gun, which is all one word with one G. Um, but this is kind of like a 3D platformer. Very much to me, it feels very much like a PS1 yeah. game for whatever oh, reason. Yeah. Like everybody else keeps that I've talked to up until right now, Randall, like everyone that I've talked to like online or like our buddy Paradigm that I've uh, mentioned before, like from the Indie Game Collective, like he's always like, oh, it looks like more like a Nintendo 64 game to me. I was like, you're crazy. All I was those like, people this are is wrong. so. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like the textures, just yeah. everything about it. I mean, it's way sharper than a PS1 game, but it basically looks like you're playing like a PS1 game in HD. Yeah, or or through yeah a better like video format. It it looks like a PS1 game, no doubt about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Glad you agree. Glad yes. you agree. Because I'm like, am I going crazy? All here? them but, sharp edges. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's yeah. just like something about the polygons. Yep. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, I've been really really sucked into this game. Like it's been a while since I played uh, a 3D platformer. Like other than the main like I guess like Kirby stuff. Uh, like the mainline Nintendo stuff that I've been playing recently, but I feel like it's been a while, like probably since New Super Lucky's Tale, since I like dove into a 3D yeah. kind of more collectathon platformer. And I don't want to say this game rises to those heights because New Super Lucky's Tale is like, I think I said on the podcast, like this is one of my favorite 3D platformers ever. Like it comes pretty dang close to like Mario Galaxy and stuff for me. 
Um, but yeah, yeah, I've been really enjoying my time with this game, and it's quite a bit tougher, and the stages are quite a bit uh, larger than I expected. And I did talk about this game briefly on one of the Save It for the Cast episodes when I uh, checked out the demo, I think during like a Steam Next Fest, and I just kind of did like a rapid fire of a bunch of the demos that I checked out, and I just kind of briefly talked about it and kind of touched on the fact that like the levels, like they kind of look like they're going to be like, especially when you just see like brief little snippets or whatever on Twitter, like it kind of looks like it's going to be more like diorama small little bite-sized levels but once you like get into the game the levels you're really like exploring in a bunch of different directions that wrap around there's multiple checkpoints on each level like it kind of feels like again like i think i may have mentioned this i don't know if i did or not but i know we've talked about like captain toad uh treasure tracker Mm -hmm. on the podcast and we might even get into a little bit of that uh later on uh to hear a little bit more of uh randall's thoughts about uh 3d world that mm-hmm. he's been uh mario 3d world that is that he's been digging into lately and we'll just talk some 3d platformers in general i guess but yeah it feels like different in a way like it feels more like captain toad treasure tracker where like oh. it does feel like the game's more on like a grid kind of but it's way more actiony like you're jumping around and the main mechanic is you have this like frog gun hand that you can like shoot and like grab enemies and it you basically can just shoot it like straight forward and it can either again grab enemies and then most enemies you can grab and kind of hold them on the edge of your gun and then fling them back at other enemies or break like pots or whatever on the levels hmm. the thing that's kind of annoying with the collectathon aspect is like every pot has coins in it and like if you're trying to collect every coin on every stage it's like okay it's it can be a little bit tedious oh no do they actually and, track that like you would you would have to you have an incentive to to actually break every pot to get every coin as far as like yeah, a collecting counter type of thing. Yeah, there's oh, like medals no. for like that kind of stuff and medals <laughs> for like beating the stage in a certain amount of time, which sure. is cool in the sense that like when because I did try to play just one of the stages more as like a time rush. Like I was like, I wonder how because it took me maybe like seven and a half minutes to beat. This is one of the later stages that I played. I've probably played like 10 or a dozen stages so far, and it took me like seven and a half, eight minutes or so to clear the stage but then like the target time was like a minute 40 for like the speed run oh my god so like you can really cut through like a ton of a level like if you're not exploring and if it's not your first time around um but yeah it it really does like i I was thinking about it because the game's only 15 bucks and i've played like through 10 or 12 and we did get this game sent to us uh through indie game collective like they were just like hey do you want to check this out and i was like heck yeah nice um but for 15 bucks and i think at launch it even had a 20 percent discount so it was only uh 20 or 20 bucks it was only 12 bucks and this game is like jam-packed kind of like i mentioned with grapple dog like and again another game that kind of has a grappling mechanic but like there's just like a ton of levels like i think i'm only at like 12 or 14 percent or something when i cleared the stage that i was on and i've not collected like every medal or anything like that i'm assuming it's like that percentage would go up if i did do like the time attack on each stage and right whatever but it's like, man, this game is jam packed. And it's like, maybe it's just somebody like me that just tends to bounce around and just likes to get a little taste of each game. Like, even if I wasn't making videos, that's just like kind of the way that I play games. Like, I just like get a little taste. Okay. I like the mechanics. That's why I lean towards like the roguelike or the arcadey stuff that I can just, you know, play when I'm in the mood to play yep. it, I guess. Jump in. <laughs> but yep. Yes. And this game kind of works perfectly for that, where I've been like playing it for two or three sittings now, where I'll chip away at, you know, yeah, three, four, five levels at a time. Uh, but I have been, it's been keeping my interest enough to where I'm just like, oh yeah, I'm going back again and again, but it is pretty challenging. Like it's kind of more, like I was saying, Captain Toad wise, it's kind of more grid based where you really got to like line up your jumps and land like right on top of things or like really like bounce off of like a mushroom bouncy thing and like 
then use your tongue to grab another one that's like suspended in midair. And like, you really have to like navigate really quickly. Like you'll be on like a crumbly platform. And that's the only thing where it gets kind of tough. You have to really rotate the camera around and it almost feels like you're playing like an isometric platformer. Yeah. But like with full control of the camera, which feels awesome for the most part. But like when you get into like an action-y segment and like there's a, it's pretty much in that diorama way, like, everywhere on the stage is like a bottomless pit essentially if you fall down yeah so like you really like can be like oh i didn't realize like i had to do like three like moves in quick succession like because there's a crumbly platform and then i had to do a grapple so like you you can be like oh shit i gotta go way back to that last checkpoint and it didn't save any of the coins i collected and whatever so it can be like a little tedious and retro in those regards but I'm kind of being nitpicky because I think if I was just playing like a little bit more leisurely and like, I don't know, like not I'm I'm just like so used to playing platformers and like not dying that much, I guess. And like just kind <laughs> of like ripping through them, especially after playing Super Mario World. Not that I ripped uh, through that necessarily either, but I can kind of coast through those games. And like this one is giving me a little bit more of a challenge, although there are different difficulty settings right off the bat. Um, if I recall correctly, at least, but, uh, but yeah, there's just like tons of cool unlockables, like a bunch of different hats for the main character to wear. And you're just trying to like rescue your, uh, parents that like get lost. I, I can't remember exactly what happens. It's like a real quick cutscene in the beginning, but they get lost, like exploring these ancient ruins. So it's sure. like right up my alley in that regard too, yeah. with all the ancient civilization stuff I've been <laughs> watching and whatever. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I've been really enjoying the game despite the nitpicks and I've, it's been really nice to play something that, yeah, it kind of leans more into that like PS one era platformer because I feel like, I don't know, number one, I didn't really grow up playing a ton of those like Spyro or crash. Like my yeah. cousins had them and I played right. them a little bit at yep. their house, but like don't have like the fond memories. So it almost feels like I'm playing one of those. It's got a great overworld map. There's like a character you come across every once in a while that uh, you have to like race through the stages and then there'll be like a path that you can go back through to collect everything uh, if you're able to beat them in the race. So like, I don't know, it's a it's a really cool, really charming game. It's a little bit almost overstuffed, I guess. I don't I don't know exactly how to say it, but um, yeah, it's it's a really cool game. I'm really, really enjoying my time with it so far. And I was a little bit I remember saying uh, in the save it for the cast episode, I went in to playing the demo kind of reluctant, like, oh, maybe it's going to be a little bit like it more style than substance. But that is definitely not the case. It's like really well crafted levels. All the moving platforms like have like a glitterly glittery uh, flash to them. So like, you know that, OK, this thing is going to move in some way. Like, okay. I know it's in like I know it's going to either move up or down or side to side. It's not like you know particular but yeah there's all sorts of like levers you can pull like just uh like panels you can pull out of the wall that you can then jump on and like create a staircase like it's really really cool and way more actiony than i anticipated i almost wish there was a run button but uh because you do run kind of slowly but i feel like the way it works kind of on that again you're not locked to a grid or anything but they do a great job with like the shadow or like the indicator also like of your character when you're jumping in the air there's oh, like a yeah. nice yellow circle like it's really it's crucial when you miss a platform, it feels like it's your fault for the most part. Nice. Every now and then you're like, oh, shit, I didn't see that coming. But uh, yeah, I, I'm really enjoying uh, my time with the game so far, and I'm looking forward to uh, to digging in some more. I'm glad um, it definitely. Ha- I'm glad to hear ahead, you say that, because like it's this game has been on my radar and actually like 
as of the time of this recording, Limited Run has a physical version for sale. And oh, I've, I've eyeballed nice. it, but I'm like, uh, you know, the, the reviews have been like good, but not necessarily like mind blowing. So I'm like, yeah, let, let me, I know Kevin's playing this. Like, let me hear what he's got to say because I know we're on similar wavelengths with platformers. So. Yeah. Okay. This sounds good. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely into it. I will say, yeah, go in with caution on the difficulty side of things. Like it's definitely, but again, you can kind of, yeah. Yeah. And you can definitely kind of pace that difficulty in your own way of saying, okay, I don't really care about the time trials or I don't care about the collectibles or I don't care, you know, yeah, I don't care about finding the secret crystal skull in every level or whatever. So, Um, but yeah, I know I mentioned, uh, Randall, that you've still been chipping away at, uh, Bowser's Fury in mm-hmm. particular on, uh, Super Mario 3D World. Yeah. But I guess we can, yeah, talk a little bit about that. And if anybody has any thoughts in general on just like 3D platformers and whatnot. And mm-hmm. I done chipped general, it. But yeah. It's over. I've beaten yes. Bowser's Fury. Hell yeah. Yes. Not only did I beat it, but I a hundred percented that son of a yeah, gun. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. 100 cat shines out of 100. Heck yeah have been achieved so that took me uh fiona watched me most of the time because you know she'd come home from from daycare say can we watch bowser say she, yeah, we can watch bowser. <laughs> of course we can so uh, yeah so that's been the impetus to, to play it uh most days and then you, she started caring less about bowser in the last couple of days when it seemed kind of samey and the challenges for those last handful of cat shines got too difficult and daddy was having to try over and over and over again so that's obviously <laughs> less interesting but uh i finished yeah. it out in my own time <laughs> and nice. uh it's good yeah i you know i gave some initial impressions last episode but uh that's a good that's a good little package that they added to super mario 3d world on switch that bowser's fury is uh well worth playing and you can do it um if you're not a completionist i think you could clear it in like probably like three-ish, four hours. I I was slower about it purposely, both because that's how I play games and my three-year-old was watching me play it. So, you know, I'm trying to be like, oh, do you see Cat Shine over there someplace over there in the distance? Cat Shine! Right. You know, I was like, Teacher to the ropes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. so, like, there's a lot of that. But even then, you know, I think got to 100%. uh, the, The Switch said I played for, like, 10 hours or more, but I had also dabbled in the 3D world side for a while. I was on, like, the second world there. So, say about, like, eight hours or so that to 100% it in, in my slow pace. So, yeah, it's good. It's it's fun, and it's it feels like a like a mini new 3D Mario. Um, and the, the only gripes I'd have is, like, once in a while I'd have to kind of fight the camera just a little bit but you know again we're talking about 3d platformers so that's kind of just comes with the territory and if you've played 3d platformers that you know is not too unfamiliar to you i would say you know yep it's it's, definitely not unfamiliar in a frog gun either right it's definitely definitely one of the issues in just about any game i mean i feel like any game that has a camera that moves there's always going to be like something to nitpick about it you know yep Yep. So had you bought and beaten uh, 3D World for the Wii U? I had. Yes. Yes. So but I was just like uh, and I'd I'd been in the habit of like, let's buy the let's get the switch switch version of the Wii U. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I do want to get it after what you're saying. Yeah. In this specific instance, I think this is one of the best like reissue packages that Nintendo's put out around a, a Wii U title. I mean, like Wind Waker was was amazing too with what they did, but that was on Wii U. Um, right. right. The, the Switch 
what they've done here with with 3D World and adding Bowser's Fury, which they could have easily released as a you know fifteen twenty dollars standalone thing. I think I kind of wish that they had. Yeah, I, yeah, I know. I really, just want that. I don't I know. necessarily yeah. want to buy 3D World again, even though I really liked it. But I know. You know, the, I own the, it. The, the one thing I'll say is like because I d- I held off on getting it as well, and like the one thing I do have four Switch controllers easily, where I do mm. not have four Wii U controllers. Not that I plan on playing multiplayer all that often, but like. Right. With the it's new Super Mario Brothers th- games, I remember yeah. being really excited, like, oh, yeah, four players, but it was kind of annoying, like, you just keep bumping into each other, and, like, you're, it's more <laughs> chaos than yeah, fun. Yeah, that was great. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, when you're just trying to rip through the levels, you're just like, what are you doing? Uh, oh, you're no, you're not way. trying to rip through the levels, you're trying to go and throw your friend off into a pit. Yes, they go in that's the pit. Yes. That's what the game is. Exactly. Where you're trying yeah. to put everybody into bubbles, and then you accidentally <laughs> all bubble at the same time, and you lose. <laughs> Uh, Didn't you have to shake around your Wiimote, too? I feel yep. like that was a factor. I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah but I, I always felt like it would work. I, I think I maybe played, like, very, very briefly with 3D World uh, multiplayer at some point, but I just yeah. feel like with it being a 3D game and yeah. more of that kind of corridor level design that we've been talking about, like, it's just like, yeah. oh, yeah, you, that seems like it would be more fun to just, like, truly cooperatively mm-hmm. romp through the levels and just try to get through... Uh, from point A to point B. It is. And everything's cat-themed. And everything's cat-themed yeah. and Bowser's Fury, too, which is a lot of fun. So Nice. Yeah, it's good. I love I love that Fiona's main interest is Bowser. And I, I, my immediate instinct is like, oh, she must be into the cats. But nope, it's no. Bowser. I mean, she thinks those are cute, but she likes Bowser and she likes Bowser Jr. She's like, oh, it's Junior. Yes. Junior's so funny. Like, mm. so... She likes Junior a lot too. Yeah, Bowser it. Bowser Junior is great. Yeah, and Bowser Junior helps Mario in this, so it's oh heck yeah, yeah. A little, little twist Change on a, the formula there. Yeah, but that's because yeah, I guess Papa's we'll, gone off the deep end, so it kind of how, <laughs> how it goes. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess while we're talking uh, platformers, real quick as well, we uh, recently did a poll in the Discord with our uh, monthly uh, supporters, and the game that won the uh, poll was uh, Shovel Knight: Plague of Shadows nice. for me to do a live stream of. And uh, that's the one Shovel Knight game that I actually have not played really at all. I think I booted it up initially and like saw like, okay, these levels are kind of the same as the Shovel Knight levels. They're just going to like, especially the very first stage in the game. It like, I believe it is the same first stage as the Shovel Knight, the original Shovel Knight, Shovel of Hope or whatever it's called. Yeah, Um, I believe it's like pretty much the same stage. So I was like, okay, it's just going to give you these new movement mechanics with Plague Knight. And the reason I wanted to kind of bring this up in particular is because like I find it very interesting because John, we were talking about it in the discord and John was like, oh, that's like the best uh, Shovel Knight game, Plague Knight. And that's the one that I played all the way through. And I'm like, once again, John and I disagreeing on (laughs) uh, 2D platformers because this is I still I'm really enjoying my time with the game so far. But man, is it hard. And mm-hmm. all of the Shovel Knight games are really hard. But the way the movement works, and I, I'm assuming most people are probably familiar with the series and probably the game. But like you're way more it's like way more about like momentum with yeah. Plague Knight. You're like charging up your bombs and then essentially you can release that to do like a like explosion like almost like explosion man or misplosion man oh geez uh, yeah. where you like kind of like explode and launch <laughs> yourself or you can like throw bombs that kind of like propel you upwards a little bit yeah. like so you can kind of like finesse it's if it, it's a it really rules. awesome feeling lots of but diagonal even like, jumps yeah. yes 
It, but man, even on the very first stage, like you get to like this platform where there's like a ladder all the way off to the right. And then uh, like one little platform that you have to land on and like a beetle that's like just going back and forth, like really nowhere for you to land unless you kill that beetle. And like you really have to like be lined up perfectly. And like it's it took me like four or five tries. I'm like, this is like the sixth screen in the game. Like, <laughs> what the heck? This is this is brutal. And I was just getting my ass kicked. And I I played for probably like two and a half hours or so. I probably got about halfway through the game or so. Um, but I still have a long way to go, I feel, and I am getting my ass kicked. And I am enjoying it, but I still, and I know we talked about uh, the King Knight campaign around the time that that was released. Uh, we kind of all sunk up on that game, synced up on that game. God, I got to stop doing sunk now that <laughs> I mentioned it, but whatever. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I really, I still think I stand on King Knight being my favorite and then kind of a coin toss between Shovel Knight and Spectre Knight. And then I do plan on hopefully finishing Plague Knight, but... Again, it's going to be a, a tough road to the end. Thankfully, there's like all the different like potions and whatever that you can have. So you can have like the kind of like Cape Mario style, like float down slowly. Uh, that's what I did with Spectre Knight, too. I got like the mechanic where like you it saves you from one fall down a pit. It's just like, OK, let me just get through this game. And one thing I did want to mention, too, is like I forgot how much the Shovel Knight series is like heavily inspired by Mega Man, like specifically, like it just mm-hmm. feels like the way the levels are laid out and everything i'm just like man this feels so mega man-y in the music and like mm-hmm. just the, the nes encounters. presentation mm-hmm. yeah it's it's very very mega man more than i remembered you know i just kind of thought like oh it's kind of like an nes style game but it's like oh this is very i mean it's it's very much its own thing too and very much you know bringing in elements of a bunch of other games but yeah it's very mega man in like castlevania but i don't know i i'm really enjoying and forgot how, like it's almost like it's easy to take the Shovel Knight series for granted, uh, especially that they, you know, went and released three full blown DLCs after mm-hmm. and they're all fantastic, fantastic games. But yeah, what 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 about is it just like the feel of the control and whatnot, John, that appeals to you? And then, yeah, Randall, too, if, if either of you have any thoughts on the Shovel Knight series in general. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, once again, you're 100% wrong on what's a good platformer, (laughs) and that's fine, but yeah, it was totally fair. It felt so natural to me, like, I think that was the thing where, like, everything felt so satisfying, whereas, like, I feel, my, my order of the Shovel Knight games are also in the order of, like, completion i think i 100 percented uh plague knight and then like got pretty close on shovel knight and then never beat either plague or king knight just because like i i could not get a like i I, that's uh, i think also a strength of the series is that they do kind of all control very differently yeah yeah so like uh the Plague Knight 1 clicked with me. Like, it just was that everything I wanted from a platformer. Shovel Knight, like, was a little bit of a struggle. And then, but I was still able to beat it. And then Spectre Knight, I just, like, couldn't really wrap my head around. And then King Knight, I almost, like, just completely bounced off. Like, <laughs> it, That's surprising to me. Yeah. I mean, King Knight, especially because it has different that, like, platformers card game for different layer. people. Yeah, well, I was thinking with King Knight, there's like that card game layer, too. Like, I was thinking, oh, oh yeah. there might be some extra elements that might pull John in. I here, was but... garbage at that card game. Yeah, I didn't play much of it either. <laughs> I was so bad at it. 
With yeah, and fish. I did want to mention too briefly because I, I did like other than the very first level of Plague Knight, and I feel like all the games kind of made kind of played out where like the very first level was almost the same mm-hmm. as the first stage in the original Shovel Knight, but then every subsequent stage, like it was the same kind of zones for the most part, but they were very specifically designed around each character's mechanics, and you know, it it wasn't like what I the impression that I got when I first played Plague Knight because I think the only other time I played it before was when it first released and I was like okay they're just like giving you a new character to play as in the same exact game as what the impression that I got Mm -hmm. but that's definitely not the case like the story it's very cool how it plays out at the same time as the Shovel Knight campaign where all the other ones are kind of like prequels this is kind of like alongside concurrent storyline if that makes sense um which is pretty cool as well but yeah what about you Randall on the Shovel Knight's uh, you know, it's Shovel Knight is one of my my gaming shames, I suppose, because I spent a lot of time with the original Shovel Knight. It's actually a game that I kickstarted uh, back yeah. in the day. Nice. Uh, but uh, and I've I've got I've even got like the NES styled box and everything. I actually just recently refound that. I'm like, oh yeah, that's nice. cool. Heck yeah, and a manual, I think. Um, but I've not. I don't think I beat any of them. Uh, I spent time with all of them. They're hard. Yeah, they're hard. They're yeah. so hard. They're very yeah. hard. Yeah, and it didn't help that a lot of like the the other games besides the core Shovel Knight, I think, started arriving after I was already um, trying to do college and work at the same time, and then you know, and then just things happen, and then. Uh, but uh, yeah. no, I need to go back around to them because I really like those games a lot. Like you guys talking about, I'm like, oh yeah, Shovel Knight rules. I want to play all those games. Play through the treasure trove. <laughs> I'm pretty sure yeah. I picked it up on Switch too for some reason. So. You know, yeah, I got did the same thing. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Although I should have I should have got it physically. I picked it up digitally on Switch and I'm just like, ah, why did I, I didn't I don't think I knew that there was going to be or that there was a physical version at the time. Sure, sure. And I just scooped it up. I think it was like on sale or something. I was like, yeah, I can get these on the Switch. It'll be nice and handy to have them there. And I will say I, I still haven't picked up uh, Pocket Dungeon or whatever it's called. Oh, that's yeah. already out. And there's still Shovel Knight Dig coming out, uh, which is kind of the more like Downwell inspired shovel knight arcade game that they've been working on for quite a while so i feel like they have just like milked that game for everything it's worth but at the same time like it doesn't feel milked at all or phoned in in any capacity oh no they put so much love into their games for sure yeah club's really good yeah it's it's good stuff yeah it's good stuff but uh, yeah, why don't we toss the ball over to uh, John here? I know you've been playing some uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 2 to uh, get ready for the, uh, I guess, sequel to that that's uh, coming out soon or came out already, I guess. But uh, I did, yeah, I did the exact same thing that I did when Xenoblade Chronicles 2 came out, which was think, hey, I was pretty close to beating the previous game maybe i should finish that game off before i start this next one <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's like me with zelda i marathoned uh the ending of the original xenoblade chronicles before i started xenoblade chronicles 2 and then so you picked up your old save file and and like finished it off that way i finished off my i did the same thing where i yeah. finished off my xenoblade chronicles 2 which i had not picked up in two years um jeez i had put 128 hours in and i was so close just do it you got like 10 hours like if you take a chill like you you can do this because i was saying i was like oh maybe maybe i should just start xenoblade chronicles 3 and i'm very glad i did because it is there we'll get into that in in 
a broader sense in a bit. But uh, I do love how it was on the money. It was exactly 10 hours to beat that game. Oh, hey, I think I clocked in at like 138 hours. Jeez. Uh, oh, like on the dot. Uh, and then I started a new game plus because I really enjoy that game. Wow. Oh uh, my god, is that just starting fresh like with all your gear that you've acquired? Or? All your gear, all your blades, all of your relationship levels. So like a lot of the stuff that just takes a ton of time. Yeah. And like okay. all your like progr- like skill progressions are already unlocked. So it's like and then you, it has additional stuff blah 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 blah. It's it's a good. It was a good way to be like, okay, well, I want to keep playing this game, but also I want to have like extra stuff to do so i probably will pick it up again at one point like i think i also started a new game plus on the original xenoblade chronicles as soon as i beat it because that also kind of put me in a mood to like keep playing that game but flashpoint would you say at this point you've beaten both of those games which one it, it feels better to you which one sits in higher regard to you of those first two xenoblade chronicles games it is incomparable I, I like we discussed it a little bit i was i was listening back to the episodes which uh-huh. were i think uh oh i just had it up on my phone way back when well like two years 40, ago probably yeah, oh. it was in the 40s oh it was geez. 43 and 46 and 49 oh my gosh were the listen episodes. to those at your own risk yeah <laughs> but they, those were I, I i'm actually very interested like because even my recollection of them, like I could didn't remember even the conversations we had about them. Yeah, but we were ta- yeah. mostly talking about Randall because, like, you had just started playing it. You had gotten the Torna like pack yeah. version of it. Yeah. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. You'd put in a, a decent chunk of time. Like I, I did think 30, 35 hours or so before you were like, "All right, this is kind of wearing <laughs> me down." And I, I definitely do think that that. Like listening back, that's exactly what I felt at the time. I was talking about skipping cutscenes and like yeah. just playing the game for the mechanics of it. But I I have a bold claim to make Hit about me. the JRPGs as a genre, but also that's it's a it's a much larger dis- topic of discussion. I think, but I truly think that JRPGs in general have a type of storytelling that is unable to be found anywhere else in mm-hmm. a very specific way of like they usually have a, like a huge in-depth mechanics that you spend hours upon hours in so you have a unique like th- I'm sure that there are stories that are similar to JRPGs but not these are not accessible genres. These are not like you won't come across like this story in this delivery or like the, these mechanics baked in and like without wanting to seek it out. Like Mm -hmm. this is not something that people will like has broad appeal and people will see to its completion. Like I liked this game. I liked this series. I almost didn't see it to completion (laughs) and it was just on a whim that I ended up like, seeing what was a truly unique and mind-boggling ending to this story in a way that 
really did make me like very excited for Xenoblade Chronicles 3, a oh. game I did not follow at all in its development and did not care for about its release and just kind of picked it up out of obligation, kind of. Yeah. And then when I went back and beat this game, I'm like, fuck, I'm really excited to play this game. Oh, wow. Like, okay. Really... Nice. All <laughs> so right. It, but it's such a weird thing to like, because I've been thinking a lot about you know, TV shows or movies. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like maybe like a long running anime kind right. of, at least, at least in terms of like the pacing and the character development. But I know and what you commitment. mean about like when, you're, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. But when you're like diving into those menus and like really kind of like, there's like that layer of the game that like, I don't know, especially if you're playing like Dark Souls too, where like that's part of the story in and of itself, you know? Yeah. And a lot of games have like, not necessarily in that same way, but you know, they're, they're presenting things or you're like, you know, uh, one of our buddies in the discord has been playing uh final fantasy eight recently, I think. And like, nice. even just playing through all like the card games and like the little like school mini games and stuff in that game from the little bit that I remember of playing that it's just like, Oh man, there's like so much. Yeah. Like you, <laughs> you experience in the game, like that you could easily just not experience, I guess. Right. Or like, I guess, yeah, if you're watching the an anime series, you're going to, if you watch it all, you're going to see it all. Maybe you're not going to get every bit of subtext or whatever, but you're going to experience the whole show. And and that's something that I think is kind of ex- explicitly unique about these games is that, like, I spent 138 hours playing this game. I beat it. I completed the game. I did a ton of side quests. There is so much of this game that I just don't know. About. Oh, I'm sure. Like, yeah, I haven't yeah. I'm I sure. haven't touched on. Yep. Like I've and that's not, not that's like not to mention the stuff that's in New Game Plus. Right. Like there's there's so many side stuff or like the stuff like and I, I think that's very hard to come by, I think now. Like I don't think that we like, I think we're getting less and less of these like triple A games that like are either like if you're if if a game wants you to be playing it for a hundred plus hours, it wants you to be in a mode where you're spending money on that. Like, right, mm-hmm. right. So like you get these seasonal passes games where it's like, Oh, well the gameplay is addictive or the rewards are addictive. Mm-hmm. And like, that's what keeps you coming back to them. But like, right. It is so expensive now to make games, especially in a triple a or like a big studio no like doubt. sense like it the costs have just gotten astronomically higher year over year yep. and like yeah for a series or a genre that has just gotten at, at, at times bloated with like you know mechanics or menus or skill trees and stuff like it is truly something unique that like i cannot experience in any other way like with that and then on top of that there is the extremely unique stories that kind of prop up out of these games with like the xenoblade series in particular like there is the trope in most jrpgs are like oh you're a small town character who eventually grows up and kills god amnesia (laughs) power of friendship yada yada yeah Yeah, yeah. And, that, and that's uh, absolutely true for this. But, like, <laughs> this game in particular had me, like, thinking so deeply about, like, existence and, Dang. like, what, like, just, like, being alive is. Damn. And, like, it was, it, it was a really good and unique way of approaching it. And, like, 
I, I don't want to get too deep into it and like spoil everything in the game, but like I really did make me care way more about Xenoblade as a series as opposed to what I was kind of feeling of it as like standalone games that I didn't really see any connection between. Right. And I'd caught winds in in recently, especially I've caught wind that, you know, things are intertwined more than you might expect with Xenoblade in general. Right. I nice. I still could not predict like that that's the that is the other thing about these stories in xenoblade in particular and jrpgs in general is that like there are often just like turns that like i can't even like in my wildest dreams imagine i was like Mm -hmm. that's where the story went that's what like is true in this reality sure let's go with it (laughs) like (laughs) Yeah. Give me something I've never seen before. Let's go. So uh, now I want to ask, like you talked before about like having a similar irritation like I did with Xenoblade 2 in particular with like uh, the cutscenes are just going on forever. And it's just like, uh, does everybody need to have this much dialogue to say their catchphrase and wh- whatever else? Like in some right, of those catchphrases in- are hilarious, especially in like battle sequences. But the cutscene, I'm not I'm no longer battling. I'm just watching you. So like. How did you go from those feelings to being compelled to see it through and to be at a point where you were only 10 hours away from finishing it? Like what changed or what clicked or was it just sheer determination on your part to push through and find what you liked? Part of it was sheer determination. And the other part of it was like literally I think it was the first cutscene that I was that I encountered in like picking the game back up. Yeah. Like. Things got so wild so fast <laughs> that I was like, okay, what the f- I really <laughs> need to see what happens next because, like, that was not something that I had ever expected. Or Okay. Like, so I, it was partly, like, yeah, that it just, story just got good 120 <laughs> hours in. Oh, which is God. An unbelievable you just got to play the first 120 hours. Yeah, yeah. That's like, yeah. That's oh, ridiculous. my the opening God. segment, yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, but yeah, like it. I don't know. I think it was because like I was just. It became so unpredictable as a story that I was I was happy to sit down and watch an hour long cutscene and then yeah. fight one boss and then see another hour long cutscene. <laughs> sure. It almost feels like it's like Kingdom Hearts meets Metal Gear Solid levels of bonkers at <laughs> yeah. times. Like it's like Nintendo's version of those two <laughs> series combined without all the like crossovers and stuff. But that's yeah. funny. Uh, so I'm I'm gonna be very excited to. Now that I've successfully completed the game, I can move on to Xenoblade Chronicles 3 and yeah. tell you how how I'm disappointed with the first 10 hours and then 30 hours in, I was like, no, I'm wrong, this game rules, and then 60 hours in, say, I'm bored of this game, and then 120 hours in, I'll say, this is the best game ever made. <laughs> I'm just worried how you're going to juggle that and uh, Elden Ring at the same time. Oh, my God. Oh, Elden Ring has been on hiatus for a Ooh. while, which is not uh, any uh, knock on it. It is just I've got so many other good games, and I'm, yep. I'm letting those muscles rest. So I yep. <laughs> come yep. back to that. <laughs> yeah. In yeah. a similar boat. 
Heck yeah. But uh, I don't know. Any more thoughts on JRPGs or any other uh, gaming talk for this week, uh, fellas? No, I'm just I'm just like very tantalized about that myself, because like uh, in a very non-spoiler way, I've heard uh, other podcasts talk about Xenoblade 3 and I've seen just review scores and things like yeah. that. I'm like, oh, no, they really seem to like this one a lot. Like ah, I've been hearing good things as well. Ah, I, I know you gotta I'm not be a like, glutton for punishment. You gotta be <laughs> able to in, take those games. In the Discord, I think uh, I think it was like, oh, Xenoblade Three starts fast, and I was like, oh, nice. I think I even just put like eyeballs. John was like, don't you dare, Kevin. <laughs> I, I know you will not. Yeah, I was like, don't worry, I'm not. Thing. I'm not gonna get it. I was like, I'm already sitting here actually thinking about selling my collector's edition of uh, Two because I don't know why. I was just at Target one day and they had it, and I was like, hey, this steel it book and nice. this art book looks pretty Yippers. dang cool and it's gonna be out of print at some point so oh, yeah. I might as well grab it now but yeah I'm just like you know what I need to whittle down my collection and like I want to have like just the games I'm truly gonna play right but uh anyways yeah I think we can uh wrap things up there for this week with the uh video games chat and uh yeah as always you can find us on the uh internet at pursuingpixels.com and pretty much everywhere else that you can imagine and uh, yeah, otherwise we will uh, catch you next. Ah. <laughs> otherwise we'll catch you next week. And uh, until then, take care. Bye. Bye bye. That works for me. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of a flub, but anywhere you your imagination there, can take you, you can find pursuing pixels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's funny I, when you guys were talking about the cutscenes. It's interesting, like. Uh, Cause yeah, back in like the PS one days, you could just like breeze through. Like if you can read fast, you didn't have to like listen to them play out. Now you kind of have to like watch it play out at the pace that it's like directed at, and you can't really want to hear the voice acting. Oh my god! So, Randall, do you care if I spoil anything? No. Okay, I mean, this is. I might even still play this, but I kind of would. I I feel like I need just a little bit more. Uh, push, uh, you know, so the spoiler could help my push. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is just going to be out of context. It will mean nothing, but there is a character you meet and my met 128 hours in, Mm -hmm. um, that has never been (laughs) brought up before. Never like anything, but like the way that every time that he speaks, the camera is always showing him like, just like just half of his face. Okay. And yep. like uh, for like scene after scene after scene where you're seeing him, I'm like, it's like just really creepily shot and like really like interesting. And then like the first time that like it pans out and you see him in his whole like half of his body is just like gone. Oh, and I was like, oh. Oh, that wasn't oh. just a camera angle. Like I thought it, you were just like making a really cool like a Wes director Anderson. shot. Yeah, but it was also like choice. a good reveal. I was like, all right, wow, okay, nice, so interesting. How do they walk? How does that character walk? He doesn't need to because he's God. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs>